Exaltation be the love before pride and exaltation be the love. Be the love. You are listening to Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. We are souls on the journey, and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings. We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrienne Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Mia Tarduno. This is Dig with Sacred Fire Arts, and you're listening to Be The Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love to Awaken Our Souls. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, Julie Speechins. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you have enjoyed listening to our show, we would be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. Please check out our Facebook community and get connected with other like-minded souls. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin to invite you to take a moment and get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself and breathe that light and love and sending it back to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Our interview today is with Julie Speechins, whose motto is worry less, Reiki more. She began her healing journey when corporate burnout had her feeling like a robot and just going through the motions of life. Reiki has been a springboard to her spiritual awakening and has renewed her life force energy. Through her Reiki master studies, she has released negative energies and destructive patterns that no longer serve her spiritual growth and learned to consciously choose positive emotions and constructive actions. Julie believes that the healing power of Reiki energy is limitless, and she is beyond thrilled to offer Reiki healing, Reiki classes, and psychic medium readings, both in person and at a distance. She is a Yusui Reiki Ryoho Holy Fire Level 3 Reiki Master Teacher and Karuna Reiki Master Teacher, as well as a Certified Medical Reiki Master. She is also the Director of Energy Medicine for Healing Wheel Wellness Retreats, and serves as the program director for LifeSpark Cancer Resources. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Julie. Thank you, Brenda. What a lovely intro. (laughs) 
And I'd like to start out by asking you, what brought you down this path of Reiki and life force energy? Where did your, where did your spiritual journey really begin? Sure. Um, that's always a big question, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> For me, it was um, a combination of several things. Like you mentioned, the corporate burnout. Um, additionally, my dear friend of 25 years was in a terrible car accident and her eight-year-old son was killed. And walking that grief journey with her um, before I knew I was an empath uh, contributed to, you know, the depression and insomnia and anxiety I was already feeling. And then um, I had hip dysplasia and suddenly I had to have two major hip surgeries. So this combination of burnout, grief and physical pain, um, I, I realized a lot of it was manifesting in my body. Um, I, I developed a thyroid disorder, acid reflux. Um, eczema, insomnia, you know, you name it. I was just, everything was <laughs> trying to get my attention. And, and you know, you, you take a lot of those symptoms to a doctor and, and bless them. Um, they wanted to give me an antidepressant and I'm not taking anything away from the miracles of modern pharmaceuticals. I think sometimes people need them, but for me, I knew it was a Band-Aid and I really wanted to treat the root causes of all of these symptoms. And that's how I came to find Reiki. And of course, you know, I started as a recipient and then I became a student and then I became a teacher and now I have my own studio and, and on and on and on. It's just shifted everything in my life. It's honestly, it's brought life back to my life. Mm. Wow, that's really beautiful. It sounds like you were really hit with all these things. Like you said, you're, you it was trying to get your attention and you wanted to get maybe to a deeper root, whereas rather than put a band-aid on the symptoms that were showing up for you. And so it sounds like there was something deeper at call for you that you were paying attention. And so I'm, I'm wondering also how that may have led you into recognizing and becoming attuned to your, your medium abilities. Yeah. So, um, you know, you hear a lot of mediums say that, oh, as a kid, I was talking to spirits. I had all these imaginary friends. I had none of that. I didn't have any of those, um, um, what's the word I want? It's totally gone out of my head. Experiences. <laughs> Experiences. Thank you. Jeez. Sorry. Um, for me, it was after my master, my, my Reiki master class that the intuition opened up. And that's actually pretty common. I think I was always fascinated by the intuitive arts, by, you know, psychics and mediums, but I, didn't think I had whatever it was, you know, I, some people are good at math, some people are good at language. I thought, well, I'm just uh, admiring it from a distance and that's great that other people can do it. I, it never occurred to me that I might be able to, um, but it was actually, I had a friend who was my, uh, you know, my Reiki guinea pig. She was letting me do a, a session on her and, and I'm standing at her feet and suddenly I became aware of her mother who mm -hmm. I had not known in life, who had passed, you know, 10 years earlier. And suddenly I knew her name started with a P and was two syllables and that she loved houseplants and that she'd given my friend a necklace for her 16th birthday that she still wore. Mm. But of course, you know, self-doubt, I am standing there at her feet and I just, I'm thinking, oh, she's going to think I've lost the plot. <laughs> if, I, when I, if I tell her, you know, that I've got her mother here, right? And what if I'm wrong? That's the, the big thing, that, that doubt, right? What if I'm wrong? Mm. And it's just going to hurt her feelings and open up a wound. Mm. But the reason I had the confidence to discuss it with her after the session was because her mother washed me in this wave of unconditional motherly love. Mm. I mean, that, you know, it, it was like 
that moment in the hospital when you've been pregnant forever and in labor forever and they finally hand you that baby and your heart just explodes Mm -hmm. it was that and I just started crying and I thought man if she opens her eyes right now she's she's really gonna think I need I have an issue (laughs) but it was just the most amazing feeling and so I thought okay I've I've got to say something and sure enough her her mother's name was Pauline she had a whole room in her house dedicated to houseplants and and my friend was wearing the necklace that her mother had given her for her 16th birthday Wow. What a beautiful, right? What a beautiful, amazing experience that is. And I, I so love how you, you know, initially said, I, I didn't even know that I had these capabilities that I could be, you know, be a medium, even be able to channel Reiki energy. And, and I think as a, as I am a, a Reiki teacher as well, many of my students, they, they don't think that that they can do that. They think you have to be some special sort of, you know, person that has magical powers or something like that. And it's, it's beautiful to hear a story of no, anyone can channel Reiki energy and can, you know, channel these life force experiences. Um, and so I, I love that sort of story of becoming for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I will say I had that experience after my first Reiki, the Reiki one class. Um, I didn't feel a thing. I, I didn't, I couldn't feel the energy. I, I went home and I cried big, fat, ugly tears. I mean, I thought I'm not special enough. I don't have whatever it takes. Right. I mean, what a wonderful healing opportunity that was. It, it dredged up all sorts of stuff. Like we know it does, it's supposed to. Um, and then of course it's grown over time and now I can feel it clearly, but I think a lot of us are, are programmed to think we're just not special and we are every one of us is divine <laughs> yeah and i love you know i mean just going from this corporate world into this this world of healing and being able to trust and tap into those abilities and so I'm wondering, yeah, what would you say to those people who are starting to maybe recognize their deeper truths and, you know, see those abilities with themselves or maybe want to see if they even they have those? Because I know we do all do have that potential. It's just, you know, learning to tap in. So what would you say to someone who wants to explore that? I think you said it. The, the key word is trust. It's learning to trust it. Um, For me, when I'm really trying to decipher the difference um, between imagination and intuition, okay, Um, because it's subtle, it's it's in the same headspace, you know, it's it's as if you have one TV screen in your head, and whether you're imagining it or you're receiving it and perceiving it, it's in the same ways, okay, but I like to think of it as if it's my imagination or my memory or my thoughts, there's a train of thought pulling into the station. Do you know what I mean? Whereas when it's intuition, when it's um, divinely inspired or gifted, it, it, it drops in. You know what I'm saying? There's no train of thought leading up to it. So uh, especially when I'm working mediumistically or, or psychically, I, I always tell everyone it's my job to hold the space between thoughts so that spirit can get through. Sometimes I love that. my thoughts kick on. You know, it's not, for, it's not, a, it's not a science. It's an art. No one's 100%. We're all human, right? But hold, learning to turn down the volume on that busy mind chatter and learning to find this stillness so that they can get through. I love that analogy of the, the train of thoughts. 
versus I, I call it like divine download. Like mm-hmm. I feel it just comes out of the ethers and I'm like, wow, I would have, I would have never have thought of that myself, you know, left to my, my own devices and my own chattery thoughts. I'm like, no, that came from something much higher from a greater perspective than what, than what my little self could have come up with. But I, I love that analogy of train of thought versus, mm-hmm. you know, it's received um, down from, uh, from divine. Right. Um, well, and to me, intuition always feels much more loving and much more mm. encouraging. You know, we all have that inner critic, that voice that's just running constantly. It's mostly on autopilot, a lot of it's subconscious programming, I think, but it tends to keep us small and it tends not to say very nice things. And to me, inspiration, you know, intuition, it's kind, it's uplifting, it's enlightening, it's empowering, it feels better, you know? So it's subtle. Yeah, absolutely. And then recognizing, yeah, that space between the thoughts, because I think that is also key is when we can really take away those thought patterns, the, the chatter, and just recognize that quietness and the, the space in between the thoughts and what, where that is coming from, that is really powerful to recognize that that space is that intuition, that, that voice within or from higher, you know, from spirit. Yeah. I I think that's one of the reasons a lot of people do open up their intuition during the Reiki training because it's the first time they've ever really gotten still and quiet enough Mm -hmm. to listen, you know? Mm -hmm. I think it's a combination of the energy working to to open you up to it. But I also think for a lot of people who don't have a meditation practice or anything Mm -hmm. like that, it's the first time they've found that stillness. Mm -hmm. That stillness is key. And I think, you know, for for people, you know, I talk to people all the time in my own practice of, you know, getting still in meditation because our minds are constantly, yeah, like you said, on autopilot or we're constantly, you know, bombarded with messages outside of us. And, you know, so I suggest, you know, turning off the radio, turning off, you know, the TV and really just getting quiet and starting to pay attention to the thoughts and and getting still with those so you can receive and be able to recognize when those messages are coming through and the differences between that chatter versus that still quiet intuitive because it's going to be a very subtle, Mm -hmm. subtle uh, experience. Yes. And I, I do feel that sometimes our sort of mainstream culture doesn't emphasize trusting our intuition. I, Cause I know, I think I've, I've always been intuitive even as a little girl, but that was not favored, you know, in, in my family. Cause they, they were not taught to, you know to really listen deeply and cause intuition speaks in those quiet moments. Um, but then so often people are like, oh, but, but you need evidence or you, you need to have like concrete proof. And that's not necessarily where intuition comes from. But um, I think for, for many of us, just understanding that we all have this intuitive spirit, if you will, and to lean in on that, even if it doesn't like, quote unquote, make sense um, at the time. Yep. 100%. It takes practice. It's just like any other muscle. Yeah. And so, you know, just kind of switching gears a little bit, I'd love to get your perspective on 
past lives and, you know, just the whole idea of reincarnation and what that looks like in your perspective. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your understanding around that? Sure. Happy to. Um, I think eternity is a really long time. and and I believe that we are you know divine eternal soul beings and it's this quest to experience life from every angle um, that I think um, keeps us coming back for more I I think the earth is um, sort of a like a dirty camping trip (laughs) Um, a field trip if you will it's we're here to learn and grow and evolve and create and love and I I think we tend to travel with sort of a group of souls. Um, there's a couple wonderful books. Um, uh, Brian Weiss wrote one, Many Lives, Many Masters. Mm-hmm. A lot of people know that one. Great book. Um, yeah, Michael Newton wrote some, um, Destiny of Souls and Journey of Souls. He's a past life uh, hypnotherapist, you know, past life regressionist. But I think he's so interesting because not only does he focus on past lives, but he focuses on the time in between lives where we're reviewing what we've just learned and we're planning out the next lifetime and you know getting everyone's agreement of the roles they're going to play you know it's i i think it's fascinating i think it's fascinating and one one of the uh psychic readings that i do i call them soul journey readings and it's where we feel into past lives and it's amazing how often um these life themes uh that people can um, understand, you know, that they're having in this lifetime have echoed and they've repeated several times mm-hmm. or, you know, these players they've had in their lives in different roles, you know, fathers, sisters, friends, teachers, you know, and who they are in this lifetime now. I just think it's fascinating. That is really fascinating. And talking about like the themes that we play, I think, you know, especially when we're continuing to see these themes and patterns in these lives and this life and you know possibly that we've had in other lives as well until we finally something clicks and we can heal that pattern and so i'm wondering what what would be something someone could do in this life when they're seeing a pattern that they're maybe ready to let go of like how how do they heal that in this life it's an excellent question I think it's a matter of shifting perspective for starters, instead of thinking, oh, why is this happening to me? And shift it to, what is this trying to teach me? Mm -hmm. So especially when you start noticing these patterns that are coming again and again, there's something left to learn there still, you know? So feeling into that, how, how can this serve my soul's evolution? How can this serve my growth? And sometimes, you know, if you feel into that, don't just think into it, but feel into it and you'll figure it out. Um, sometimes a past life reading, of course, can help sort of illuminate that. Um, but uh, for instance, I, I did a soul journey reading for a woman the other day, and we're jumping through lifetimes through all different countries and all different ages and periods of time. And in every lifetime, she was playing a different musical instrument. And we get all through, and I mean, tears are just streaming down her face. And she said, you're never going to believe what I do in this life. I'm a pianist and a composer. Mm. Over and over and over again, she's been drawn to express herself in music and it's, um, you know, growing into music therapy now for her. But um, in several lifetimes, I saw a jealous sister and she said, oh, my gosh, in this lifetime, I have a jealous sister. You know, she's Mm -hmm. clearly um, maybe even held on to some of these resentments from past lives. I don't know. But um, I think some people are are slow learners (laughs) and they just play the same role over and over again until they can finally figure out how to be better or do better. 
Yes, I love that idea of like our soul's evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that when when these repeated patterns keep coming up again and again, it's like, okay, another opportunity to learn and evolve, learn and evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is really important. And it also, I think, um, makes us realize that life is for us. Because so often that can be translated as, oh, you know, this is happening to me again. This is like, you know, quote unquote punishment for me not getting it right, you know, this time. And so I love the idea of it's an, it's an evolutionary process. And I think within that come these like little synchronicities. Um, So maybe, can you talk about like some of these like signs, like you mentioned the woman as a musician and, you know, she was always playing uh, instruments. And then how do these like signs and synchronicities come up? Can you give us some examples? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm fascinated by the signs and synchronicities. I get them from my team, my spirit guides, my angels, my helpers, inspirers, you know, teachers, however you want to think about them. We've all got them. Um, And sometimes it can be subtle. It can be repeating numbers. Um, It can be, you know, finding coins or hearing a song or, you know, um, hearing a name, something like that. But they can also be very, very specific. So I have um, two fun stories that I'd love to share. Um, the Peace. first one, yeah. Um, so currently I'm, I'm in a space called the Lotus um, Spa. It's shifting names to the Lotus Center for Wellbeing. But anyway, when I was looking for my space for my Reiki studio, I said to my team, guys, I really want to be sure I'm in the right space. I want to be sure I'm listening, you know, guide me to the right place. And um, I was on an airplane and I was reviewing the lease agreement for the Lotus Spa from my room within it. And I just said to my team, guys, if, if this is the right space for me, I need to see a Lotus flower. And I mean like in my face, like smack me in the face with it. I need to see a Lotus flower and then I'll sign the agreement and I'll know that this is the place for me. The whole flight, the whole way over to the East Coast, I'm thinking, do I do it? Do I not? I doubt, you know, I need to see a Lotus flower. So the plane lands and we all go to get up and deplane. And the woman sitting in the seat I'm getting chills right now. The woman sitting in the seat directly in front of me stands up and the entire back of her t-shirt is a giant lotus flower and the words lotus spa. Wow. I mean, you can't, <laughs> you can't make the stuff up. So I mean, I find at least right then, like, okay, yep, this is it. This is the place for me. I mean, what a wonderful confirmation. I, I feel so, and I love my space. It's been great, you know? Um, another fun one. Um, when, after my grandfather passed, this was years ago before I was ever into Reiki or, or mediumship. Um, I was reading a John Edward book. You know, I, I'd, I'd watched all the crossing over shows after my grandfather passed because I was just fascinated by this idea of proof of survival of, of physical death, you know, proof of eternal souls and communication with them, right? I mean, wow. And so I closed this John Edward book and I just start talking out loud to my deceased grandfather, as you do. And, and, and I called him Pio because he was a pilot. And I said, you know, Pio, if this stuff is real, if you're okay, you're really okay, and you're around and you can hear me and you want me to um, go see this John Edward um, live event. He was coming, you know, a couple hours away from my home in a few months. I said, if this is real and you want me to go, um, the tickets aren't cheap and I, I, I need $127.52 to show up in my mailbox mm, tomorrow, please, would be really great because the tickets will sell out. And I'm kind of laughing about it, but like, you know, I'll try it, I'll test it, right? Hand to God. The next day, I go out to my mailbox, open it up, 
and there is a check from my car insurance company for my annual dividend refund for $127.52. Wow. And it arrived on my grandfather's birthday. Mm. Oh. I love synchronistic stories like that. You can't make this stuff up. You cannot right? make this stuff up. It's just more proof that, you know, we are not alone and we're not, we're co-creating and, and we've got the support, you know, when we're aligned and, you know, when we're working with our, you know, soul's truth and the things that we need to do. And, you know, it really does show up for us. It really does. It's not always that specific. Some generally it's more subtle, but mm -hmm. it can be. I mean, you know, ask for specific signs. And I think, like we said, trust, right? Learning to trust it because it's so easy to dismiss, you know, the other things, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, it's easy to rationalize things away and dismiss them. Yeah. But if you learn to trust it and learn to stop and say, Ooh, thanks. I know mm -hmm. that was you. Then you'll get more and more and more of it. And then eventually it's just you, it feels like you're living in this flow. Mm -hmm. of, of divine awareness and divine encouragement you know totally I love uh, being in that state of flow yes. for sure I do have sort of okay I'm, I'm asking this for selfish reasons so there have <laughs> been times when I have personally you know have asked for a sign or asked for confirmation or whatever whatever it might be of something like kind of like examples that you gave and there's silence mm -hmm. how do you interpret the silence so I think sometimes that's equally powerful, right? Um, well, I was on another plane, I was flying home and I had been given the opportunity to take over the lease at the spa space. And again, I was thinking, oh, wow, neat, here we are on a plane again. What are the chances thinking about, you know, the lease at my studio? Um, and I said, guys, let's try it again. You know, if, if you want me to take over the lease for the whole building, um, I need to see a lotus flower. Crickets. I didn't see a lotus flower. And I mean, I was looking, I was thinking I'm in the Atlanta airport, right? I mean, I'm, there's gotta be a lotus flower here somewhere. I'm trying to find it, right? Nothing, nothing, nothing. And I got home and talked to my husband about it and he was not on board. He did not want to take over the lease. It was a, a pretty big thing. And so I think they were just giving me that heads up, like notice you're not seeing the lotus flower. This is not meant to be, not right now. You know, sometimes it's a wait, it's not a no, it's a maybe, maybe later, maybe not just yet but sometimes it's a no. So I think sometimes the absence of the signs can be just as powerful. Mm -hmm. And recognizing, yeah, when, you know, it's maybe not the right time, it doesn't mean it can't happen in the future, but that's again, you know, trusting in the divine timing of things, because even though our minds, you know, maybe want something, you know, and I've been working on that myself is that even though my mind is like, I want this, you know, and this is, what I'm doing, but I have to step back and surrender to, okay, I'm not getting the sign I want, but I'm getting the other signs and I'm going in the same direction, just maybe in a different way. And, you know, trusting that the divine timing is working with you as well. Absolutely. I think hand in hand with trust requires patience. Mm -hmm. And that's so hard. Come on. We want instant gratification, mm -hmm. instant signs, you know, we want money to fall out of the sky. They spirit works on a much longer timeline. I think mm -hmm. they've got incredible patience and grace, and I think they have an incredible sense of humor. <laughs> Frankly, I love that. I yeah. love that. You, now you mentioned like your your spirit guides and mm -hmm. angels, mm -hmm. and um, I think you also acknowledge that we all have guides, angels, spirit animals. Even mm -hmm. how how yep. do we know when they they are ours? 
um, not like we own them, but right. like, what are the indicators that this could be my guide or guides? Again, I think it's subtle. I think, you know, if, if you're drawn to an animal, you just love foxes or, you know, panda bears or unicorns, you know, you just have a, you just love them and you don't um, know why necessarily, or you start seeing an animal, it, it just, you become aware of it. It's popping up a lot in your awareness, you know? Um, for me, when I start seeing owls, I know I need to be patient. When I start seeing foxes, it reminds me I need to be playful and not take myself so seriously and lighten up. Um, and it, it's just a matter of sort of feeling into that. Um, some of the, the readings I do, I, I, I do see animals around people. Um, and I think we all have a whole host, a whole team. And, and they come into our awareness at different times, just sort of lend us different energies. Um, I recently had a client and I, I saw the most amazing, beautiful lion around her. And, and I said, I think he's here to, to lend you strength and courage. And she just started crying. She said, that's exactly what I need right now. She was going through a divorce. Mm. I mean, and I, of course I didn't know that, but I, I think they inspire us, they encourage us, they um, protect us. And I think you can call on them. So even if you know you have no confirmation whatsoever, but maybe you just want a bear to be your spirit animal, then by all means invite one <laughs> into mm. your awareness. You know, meditate on you know the, the the energetic properties of that bear. Give it a name. I mean, let your imagination run wild because that's how spirit gets in. Mm. That's beautiful, and and really just also again coming back to that trust. You know, trust that we're receiving that guidance, even and and how maybe some people can. Um, sense it in different ways. Can you talk about maybe the different ways that they might show up um, in different, in our different senses? Sure. Um, so it is subtle. You sort of touched on it. You know, we call them the clairs, the clairaudience, clairvoyance, claircognizance, all of those. Um, for me, with the animals, um, I don't see them with my eyes open. It's not objective. It's subjective with my eyes closed. Um, and I think it's just a knowing, it's just an awareness, um, which again requires that stillness of mind like we, like we talked about. Um, uh, just kind of a fun one. Recently, um, I received in the mail this beautiful little planter. I know people can't see, but it's a unicorn. And that wouldn't be that remarkable, except that my friend who sent it to me, um, <laughs> on the same day that that little planter arrived, she received a card from me in the mail that I put, of course, you know, this is snail mail, put in the mail several days before, probably the same day she ordered the planter. And the card I sent her was a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and you know, it said something about, you know, because you're magical or something. And the little note that she enclosed with my little unicorn was just because you're magical. Mm. I mean, what, what in the world? You know, I think we're just, <laughs> we're tuned in, you know, to, to our friends and our loved ones. And, um, they'll sometimes act as um, the vehicle for spirit in different ways. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, sh you know, that's a fun example of with the unicorns, but I think we subconsciously do it for people all the time. You know, we just, something comes out of our mouth and it's like, oh, wow, I wasn't even thinking about that. And they go, oh my gosh, you know, that's the third, you're the third person this week to mention that mm -hmm. book to me or that modality or, you know, whatever it is. And, and we're just receiving and, and acting as, as a, mm. a, a channel, really, without even meaning to, I think. Mm. Yeah, that's really powerful. And, and recognizing just the 
connection that we all have and recognizing that we're we're not separate and we have these divine connections i have you know examples like that with friends that you know i'll be um thinking something and they'll say it you know and it's something yep. totally off the wall that you know how it's so random but you know trusting that that we do have that divine connection and i just wanted to like ask you you know kind of talk a little bit about because you had mentioned you know how we do come down here and maybe we, like in between the lives we start planning our next life and you know in this way and i'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about what your perspective is on how we choose the people in our lives do you think we choose them or do you think it's you know just a happenstance for you know our parents our partners our friends our community i think we choose our families our friends our spouses even the ones that are difficult even the ones that hurt us and i honestly and this is hard for the human mind to wrap around. I really think that we should be grateful for those people that challenge us um, because they've taken on a hard role. Um, and that's where we grow. You know, we grow outside our comfort zones. We grow through these challenges and, um, you know, God forbid, you know, through these traumas, I, I don't believe there are accidents. I don't believe um, that, that, you know, even horrible things, I, I think they all serve a purpose. Maybe I'm just being optimistic, but I think it's all for our soul's evolution. And I, I think we've um, agreed to play these roles and have these experiences with all of the, the people in our lives. That's my thought. Mm, that's and, so, so interesting, because I've always wondered, like, did my children choose me? I think and, so. <laughs> And, and the, I think the best part of that is they, in their own unique ways, um, are my greatest teachers. Like I almost felt like, wow, I learned so much on their, from their personalities and idiosyncrasies, even though sometimes I'll admit drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it's all sunshine and rainbows, right. <laughs> but they have taught me so much about myself and about the world as a whole. And it's like looking through a completely different lens, like just through a different worldview when I get a glimpse of, you know, how they, how they approach life and how they see life. So I love that idea of, you know, we choose our parents and our, our children have chosen us, chosen us for, for a reason and a purpose. Yep. And maybe next time around we'll be the child and they'll be the parents you know i really think it's just this innate desire to experience all of it and from every angle from every culture from every gender from every profession you know it's just i think each lifetime takes us one step closer back to the light is how i think about it you know back to um joining that uh universal energy you know i think of us as each little sparks of the of the same flame you know and um, I think we're just innately driven to um, want to do it all, see it all, feel it all, you know, experience it all. I think that's the truest expression of empathy is when we can say, oh, I know what that feels like. Uh, so and I have such it, admiration for people who choose really challenging lifetimes. I'm sorry to cut you off, but, you know, know, people in with terrible, you know, terrible medical conditions or, you know, really um horrible circumstances and and now instead of feeling sorry for someone i think oh my god what a brave soul to take that on in this lifetime 
to choose to have that experience. I hope someday I'm that brave. <laughs> and I think, you know, taking it also from that perspective, it takes out the victimization so we can feel empowered and, you know, more gratitude for what this person is teaching us. Because, you know, even if this is a challenging experience, that I chose to be here and what, what can I learn? And so when you take that perspective, it really helps to see, okay, well, how can I evolve, continue to evolve in this lifetime to heal from this pattern? So I don't continue to repeat that. Right. Well, and knowing there's no rush. I mean, like I said, eternity is a long time. Mm -hmm. I think we're all in such a rush and, and I think we should always, you know, be trying to do better, be better. Right. But um, give yourself some grace. Mm. We're all imperfect and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you um, had, we talked about, you know, like children and how that, you know, they choose their parents and they come into this world. Um, what, what would your reason be for the passing of, you know, young children or babies even? I mean, it is such, it's so difficult for our human brains to wrap around the, the grief and sadness that comes with the passing of a very young one, but from, from a more spiritual perspective, so to speak, how, how would you look at that? So I have, I have two examples um, and a book recommendation for this exact topic. So um, James von Prague um, wrote this wonderful book called Growing Up in Heaven. And so if there are any listeners out there who have lost children, um, please read that book because he addresses this topic beautifully. Um, and from my personal experience uh, with mediumistic readings, I will say one time I was giving a Reiki session to a woman. And when I got down to her um, solar plexus and sacral chakra, you know, her womb area, it just, it felt murky. And suddenly I felt kind of annoyed. And I said, you know, I, I feel like there's been a creative energy that has been um, thwarted. You know, I, I was trying to say it so gently, um, but what I was feeling was the spirit of, of a young girl um, who wanted to be their child. Um, and, and as I'm talking about the creative energy, you know, I wasn't gonna ask if she had lost a pregnancy or had an abortion or, you know, I wasn't about to ask that, you know, you have to be so delicate. But as soon as I said the creative energy um, had been thwarted, she said, oh, well, yeah, yesterday I took a plan B pill. And I said, well, it's, it's like she's in a holding pattern. She's a little bit annoyed. It's like you slam the door in her face, but she's not angry. She loves you and she'll be back when you're ready. And it was just this lovely sense of, you know, like when you're landing in an airplane and every now and then they go back up and you got to circle around. That was the exact feeling I got like, okay, so to, right now wasn't the right time for you. So I'll hang out and wait and I'll, you know, come around again. And she got pregnant within, I don't know, six months. <clears throat> it was just so neat to be a part of it. That was a first for me. Um, feeling a baby that was on a holding pattern. Um, I do think that our souls, when we're planning, we know when we're going to be born, you know, who our parents are going to be. And I know this is a delicate topic, but if a pregnancy is not meant to go to its fruition, okay, for whatever reason, by whatever means, I think the soul knows that. And I think and James von Prague talks about this in that book, that the soul does not connect with the physical body right up until the moment of birth. I think it kind of dips in, checks in, you know, you, you feel the baby moving, that sort of thing. I do think a sort of check-in on the growth process in utero 
but I don't think they fully 100% um, integrate with the physical body until the moment of birth. So I will say if, if you are harboring any guilt about a lost pregnancy by whatever means, know that that's okay. And um, that these soul beings who are part of our soul families um, will very likely, I think, you know, come around again another time. And if not in this lifetime, then maybe in the next one. That sounds very reassuring, I think, and, and can be very healing when you take that, you know, that perspective. And so how do you think um, just having a mediumship reading could help someone on their healing journey if they're grieving the loss of a loved one, whether it's a child or partner um, or someone else? I think getting confirmation, getting, you know, significant recognizable evidence um, is the most wonderful healing there can be. You know, we think our loved ones are lost to us and they're not, you know, I, I it gives me such hope. Uh, I'm no longer afraid to die. I mean, obviously I hope it's no time soon, but um, this, this larger perspective and having not just the hope that it's real, not just the belief that it's real, but the knowing mm -hmm. that it's real, that shifted everything for me. There's such inner peace in that. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. especially in our culture, I think, you know, death has been something that a lot of people have feared. You know, there's a deep grief and, and, and yeah, it is, you know, sad and, you know, but but taking it into that higher perspective or that other perspective of, you know, that there's, we haven't really lost them. They're just in a different realm and right. that, you know, you can still connect with them. And there's just a time of evolution in this eternal place that we call existence. Mm -hmm. mm. Yep. They're just at a, a higher frequency of energy is how I think about it. Um, the, the analogy that works for me today is this idea that when we come into the physical body, it's like we've put on a diving suit and we're going to the bottom of the ocean. Mm. And this earth experience is heavy and it can be dark and it can be scary and it's slow going. You know what I mean? It's kind of awkward. Um, and it's like all of our loved ones in spirit are, you know, and our guides and our angels. And, you know, it's like they're, they're like seagulls, you know, they're flying in the air above the water. But mm. in this work, in this intuitive work, it's like we can meet and, and play in the waves together. Mm. So. I love that analogy. That's beautiful. Um, and I'm wondering, could you, I mean, you mentioned the James Van Prague book. Are there any other books or classes for those people who are interested into diving a little bit deeper into mediumship or in intuition? Absolutely. And, and thank you for that question. Um, I love books. I love reading. I'm an eternal student. So um, this Me is too. Kind of my, my sweet spot. Awesome. <laughs> love it. Um, as far as books go, um, anything by John Holland, James von Prague, John Edward, Tony Stockwell. Um, there's a wonderful book called Hello from Heaven by Bill and Judy Guggenheim. Um, specifically for mediumship development, there's one called The Evidential Medium by Kay Reynolds. Um, there's also a book called The Medium in Manolos, you know, the, the high heels, Manolos. Um, that's by Lauren Robertson. And it's, it's, these are easy reads. Um, as far as classes go, there's a bunch of wonderful websites. So The Journey Within um, is a spiritualist church, um, which just means it's, it's um, 
really prefaced on this idea of communication with uh, eternal soul beings. You know, that's kind of one of the central tenets of, of the church. Um, so the website, thejourneywithin.org, has all sorts of wonderful um, development classes and workshops and practice circles and things like that. Um, on Udemy, there's a wonderful uh, British teacher named Julian Jenkins, and he teaches everything from mindfulness meditation to advanced trance mediumship and everything in between. Um, and of course, you can do that from home on your own time. Uh, TonyStockwell.com, all of his events, all of his classes, all of his workshops are amazing. I'm doing a mentorship with him right now. He's my absolute favorite. And you get to give readings to people all over the world. Um, Joseph Siegel, uh, S-I-E-G-L-E, josephsiegelmedium.com. He also teaches wonderful classes. You know, I think that that's been one of the silver linings of COVID is all these wonderful online opportunities that we have now because you don't always have local <laughs> psychic development or mediumship development, you know, resources, but it, it works at a distance, just like Reiki. You know, um, we're all made of energy. We're all connected by it. So it, it, online classes can, can really be amazing. Yes. Yes, I have definitely taken advantage over so many trainings from people I, I would have never have been able to travel to. And now with the the magic of online, it's it's more accessible. And I'm curious, do you do readings remotely as well? Absolutely. Yep. Psychic, medium. Uh, I, I also do uh, Reiki healing distantly. So we briefly mentioned that I'm the program director for LifeSpark Cancer Resources. And that's a nonprofit organization that provides free Reiki and healing touch therapies to anyone with a cancer diagnosis and their primary caregivers. So we have this mm. wonderful network of about 100 different healers across the state of Colorado. You don't have to live in Colorado to take advantage of it. Um, but of course, right now, um, because we are dealing with a severely you know, immune compromised population, um, all of the sessions are distant right now. And I mean, people have all the same healing benefits, all the same wonderful physical sensations as if they were in the room with us. So if you, you or a loved one have a cancer diagnosis, you're on that healing journey, you can sign up at lifesparknow.org. Mm. Or if you're a healer and you want to get involved as a volunteer, absolutely, please go to that website. We always need new um, Reiki and Healing Touch practitioners and masters. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. We'll definitely put that in the show notes. And please tell our listeners where else can they find you and what you are currently working on. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so my website is soaringheartenergies.com. Um, I'm working on a lot of things. Um, uh, uh, one of my passions is medical Reiki, and that's bringing holistic healing into the clinical setting. So I actually volunteer at UC Health Memorial Central. And just this week, I was at um, UC Memorial North um, attending uh, a client and giving her Reiki throughout her gallbladder removal surgery. So that's that's really something um, that has fascinating benefits, receiving Reiki during these medical procedures. Um, we're probably running out of time, but I have some fascinating stories around that, which I think we're gonna talk about in a separate interview. Um, I also have um, Reiki shares, Reiki classes I teach, and um, I also run an online event once a month called Soul Journey Sundays where I have a whole team of over 20 intuitive artists working in all different modalities and giving readings online. So lots of fun stuff to find on my website. Beautiful. And yes, we are definitely looking forward to having you back on again. And we'll talk about the medical mediumship. That sounds really fascinating as well. And so thank you, Julie, so much for being here with us today and sharing this space to have this beautiful conscious conversation. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes, liking us on Facebook, or making a donation by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash Be The Love Podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.